So the Yankees have first and third two out, and here's Gary Sanchez. Swung on, drilled the deep right. It is high, it is far, it is gone. It's a three-run home run for the Santino. A two-out, ninth-inning, three-run blast. Oh, that Gary is scary. You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you have Steve here with the newly graduated Sammy Smooth Marsdale. How you doing, Sam? Steve? Graduated. It was a fun week last week, but back to the grind, back home, and going to be watching a whole summer full of Yankees baseball, and holy cow, what a win they had on Monday night. We are recording right after the Yankees had a 10-7 comeback win over the Baltimore Orioles down at Camden Yards, and I am hype. I am on cloud nine, let me tell you, Steve. That's what I like to hear. I know. I always hate when we record after a loss, and it looked like it was going to be a bad one with uh, Jay Happ getting lit up 6-1 to one in the fourth inning. And I was like, all right, let's just get this game over with, and let's just get this episode kind of over with. But slowly but surely, the Yankees grinded their way back. Couple hits here. Couple, thank God, the Orioles suck plays. They played some terrible fundamental baseball. And then El Gary going deep, taking a fastball that was left over the middle, and just rips it for a 10-7 win. Nice win for the Yankees. They had a couple rainouts this week, so they didn't play that much. But an overall great week for the Yankees. And Sam, this might be a first one. There's no new injury to report. We, I, there's no one went on the IL in the past seven days, and that's a, that might be the biggest win for the Yankees this week. Besides Andujar officially opting for the surgery, yes. no no new injuries after that. And Steve, we may as well open with this. We both thought. Again, when Andujar came back, this was a bit of a weird situation, how he was eventually probably going to have to get the surgery. And that he just looked so out of it for the 10 or 12 games that he played with the Yankees for. And the last week, he ended up opting for the season-ending surgery. So a report from Brian Hoke today that everything went well and that he could be doing activities later this calendar year and that he will be ready for the start of spring training next year. So that is very good news. But, Steve, I'm very happy Andujar opted for the surgery. I tweeted last week, although it would suck to lose him for the season, I don't want him out there hurting and at, you know, 40 or 50%. And he's going to heal up. And I'm not dissing Miguel Andujar right here, but the Yankees can win a World Series without Miguel Andujar. And the infield right now, everybody's producing – so get well soon to Miggy. Uh, Steve, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think it was glad. I think the, the best part of that report was, you know, should be fully 100% healthy before spring training. You know, that was kind of the thing that my, my concern was the, more, the longer they delay the surgery here because it looked like it needed to be done no matter what. I didn't want it affecting 2020. So I don't want him coming into spring training being like, oh, you know, I'm at 75, I'm at 85% or, you know, I got to work my way back and whatnot. Uh, ideally now the plan is he's hundred percent healthy and this was hopefully the last time we really have to talk about the surgery and it affecting him in his career. Lots of players have come back from it, including Greg Bird, even though we don't mention him anymore on this podcast, but it, it, it's a, it's an injury that given the time and given the, the right, um, recovery, 
He should be back next year, so hopefully we'll see him back next year. But as you said, it's 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 been next man up for the Yankees all year long. Um, so you just got to keep going back uh, and playing. And good news, though, for, for, for the injury report here is that Stanton played an extended pre-screening game today. Uh, and oh, so he played for the, I'm sorry, the Tampa A's. And then Didi played in extended spring training and got two hits. Um, so two huge at-bats that could be coming back to the lineup way quicker than we thought I, for, for Didi. I, I was not expecting to be here in middle of May and having him playing in uh, extended spring training. Yeah, Steve, we previewed Didi, one of our first topics on our first show back in early March, which is crazy to think of all the Yankees injuries that have happened since then. But we were both on the same page again with this. We were expecting him maybe after the All-Star break, maybe even closer to the trade deadline. And for him to be playing an extended spring training game on May 20th is an enormous win. Heck, I could see him back in the lineup in the middle of June if all goes well in these couple of weeks with him playing extended spring games and playing in rehab games. I assume we'll start with Tampa just as Hicks and now Stanton and Tulowitzki RIP started with Tampa as well. And with Didi coming back, this would be such a huge addition to the lineup, obviously. He fielded three ground balls today, had a throwing error on one of them, but no setbacks were reported, and that's an extremely encouraging sign. And Stanton, between this episode that we're recording now and last episode last week, there was a bit of a weird reports that were coming out. 100%. And, and it was like he doesn't have a perfect shoulder, and that was the left shoulder, and then it was originally a bicep when he went on seven weeks ago. But he's in rehab games right now. He played his first one tonight with the Tampa Tarpons. He went one for three with two strikeouts, and he homered uh, out to the batter's eye in his second at-bat, which is obviously a very encouraging sign. So reinforcements are on the way. Still nothing with Aaron Judge or Luis Severino. Judge, they said, was moving a little bit at the stadium earlier today. He took some fly balls and made some throws, but no bats yet. So improvement, I guess. Yeah, improvement, but guys like Didi and Stanton are going to be coming back in the foreseeable future, you know, the next 10, 15 games. Stanton, I expect him back maybe middle of next week if they follow the Hicks trajectory with him. You know, Hicks missed the first. Hicks missed seven or eight weeks of baseball. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but they did three games for him down in Tampa, two or three games, and then they did – a weekend series out in Scranton with Hicks. So I expect Stanton to be playing in rehab games for most of this week. And I probably expect him back in the early portion or middle of next week if all goes well. And the Yankees lineup, like you said last week, Steve, is missing some power. The home run tracker is not up to pace where we thought it would be this year. Of course, they've had a ton of injuries, but – it's going to be great to get Stanton back, really have a thumper in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, and there, we had a nice nice couple additions today with Gary Sanchez still hitting the cover off the ball and Gleyber Torres, who I want to get into too. But Sam, we we are, what, almost seven, eight minutes in here, and I we've just missed the biggest story of the, of, the, of the week. The Yankees are in first place. They were not in first place leading into the week here, and just there's always so much going on with this team, it's easy to forget that they just – took care of the Tampa Rays, one, two of three, 
And with the win today and the Tampa off, they are a full game up in first place in the AL East. And we, as we've been doing all season, is just talking about all the injuries here. It's crazy to forget that the, the Yankees have been contending and now are actually in first place. Huge lift for the team and for everyone. And then we're adding these players back, as you said. It's just going to be the Yankees got to keep riding this momentum. Um, Hicks officially back. We, he, you know, we didn't. He was open looking to play Monday, but the Yankees got rained out Monday and Tuesday. Doubleheader Wednesday. He gets the the the, the day off there because they don't want to play him double double duty there. He's back. Come looks a little slow, but two biggest signs for me are his. Um, besides him being a little overweight, his patience is still there. And then he hit a nice his first big home run. Um, of, of the year uh, this week, too. And, and the lineup now. We've seen it change a few times, but it looks like it's been DJ LeMayu and Aaron Hicks at the 1-2 spot, which which really, I think, is a nice fit because, you know, DJ is, you know, batting 315 here. Aaron Hicks on base percentage is, you know, one of the best on the team. And then you go into the power hitters and you get some extra guys on those base for when the Luke Voigts and the, and the Sanchez hit the home runs here. So totally changes the lineup with Aaron Hicks here. And, you know, no shocker, Aaron Hicks comes back. Yankees are in first place. Yeah, Aaron Hicks, like you said, his patience is the biggest thing for me as well. And that is absolutely still there. And they've been batting him two a little bit. They bat him leadoff. They bat him third. I mentioned he can move all around the order. I prefer him batting leadoff. But whatever floats Aaron Boone's boat, he can bat in any of those three spots and I'll be happy. And Hicks, as I said a couple times last year, and I said a couple times in some episodes this year, you could argue that he was the 2018 Yankees MVP. Didn't get injured last year. He was consistent for most of the season. And it's huge to have this guy back, setting the tone somewhere in those one, two, or three spots in the lineup. And as I said last week, not only does he bring so much on the offensive side of things, he brings a lot on the defensive side of things. Moves Brett Gardner over to left field permanently. And as we said last week, Brett Gardner really isn't a center fielder at this stage of his career. And Hicks really is only the is really only the true center fielder on the forty yeah, man roster. And it's enormous to have him back and let's pray that he doesn't find himself on the DL again, because he's definitely earned that tag of being injury prone. But as I said last week, 120, 130 games of Aaron Hicks is better than 155 games of most of the center fielders in baseball. I am thrilled that he is back and I expect him to put up huge numbers for this Yankees team. Hit his first home run this weekend just absolutely belted that ball into the bleachers. And his swing was there. That nonchalant swing, how he pulls the ball on the outer half of the plate into the bleachers in right field, and how he just looks at it and drops the bat. That's Minton Chicks. It is, and it's good good to see that back in the lineup. Um, And it's, you know, he's he's gotten uh, three hits and three walks in his six games back here. So the guy gets on base, like, Every game, and that, that's what the Yankees need at the top of that lineup, and let everybody else do do the big bopping. But he does have that thirty home run power. And to be honest, going into the season, I put out there, I said Aaron Hicks is going to finish top five in the MVP race. The injury takes him out of that, but I think that he's that important to the Yankees. Um, and he showed that last year um, many times. And so it'll be, it's good to get him back there. 
got to get his feet wet here. You know, he played in six games so far, so let's get him more, a little more comfortable. And I expect his, you know, his average to stick around, you know, two. 250, 260, but the on-base percentage will be will be much higher than that. Um, and he's showing the power here. He, he mentioned he wants 30 home runs this season. Um, I don't think he's going to get there again because of the injuries. But we're looking at another 20 home runs possibly to the lineup here, um, which was what the Yankees always can take. And uh, definitely I'll take it for the home run tracker. Um, speaking of long balls, the two players we got to move on to next have just absolutely dominated the Baltimore Orioles. Glaber Torres has 10 home runs on the year, eight versus the Orioles, five of which have been happened since the last time we recorded. And then Gary Sanchez, the big home run Monday night, now has seven home runs versus Baltimore. That's 15 home runs in nine games for two players. These guys just know Oriole pitching. They have just dominated down there in Baltimore with the home run hitting park there and obviously Yankee Stadium. And they're long bombs. Like even today, it was, uh, you know, Glaber went 415 in the second inning here. And then, you know, Gary earlier this year had some of the most longest home runs in, in baseball this year have come versus the Orioles here. Just two absolute guys just hitting dingers. And a lot, first pitch too. It's happened a bunch of times um, versus the Orioles. So they, it seems like they kind of know the Orioles' game plan versus them. And they know that this game plan is not going to work. And they're just continuing to take uh, Baltimore pitching deep. Yeah, they have been mashing Oriole pitching. Comically. I don't even know know why the Oriole pitchers continue to throw strikes to Torres. I mean, five home runs in the last three games against the Orioles. These are video game numbers, and Sanchez was an absolute missile tonight to put the Yankees up three. Really, the Orioles don't have... uh, You examine the rotation, and it's Kashner, Hess... I mean, their team sucks, like top to bottom. They've got one MLB player pretty much in Trey Mancini. The rest of the team sucks. (laughs) Yeah, and Mancini absolutely rakes. We'll get into his numbers against Jay Happ. I mean, he does the same thing to Happ that these kids do to the Oriole pitchers. But holy cow, I cannot even put in the words how they absolutely kill Oriole pitching. And that was the second Torres home run tonight was, yeah, eight home runs out of his 10 against the Orioles. That is just absurd. Absurdity. And Sanchez with, with seven of them as well. I, or six of them, excuse me. I am just at a loss. Or no, Sanchez has seven with both of them having 15 combined. It is just bizarre. And they are going to continue to feast on the Orioles all year. The only bad news of that is that Jay Happ is going to face the Orioles more this year, and we'll get into his struggles. But it's great to see Torres mashing. He has all-star numbers early. Sanchez has all-star numbers early. And I'm not seeing a lot of start Romine tweets or trade Sanchez for JT Real Muto because he's been absolutely ripping the cover off the ball. And these kids still have more games against the Orioles this year. And I am sure that is an absolute delight to them. Absolutely. And, and we want to get into more of Glaber Torres. Just forget the Orioles. This guy is just absolutely crushing the ball in May. He's got – he's batting 340 uh, in May with five home runs already. And we're only in May, May 20th here. So um, – and only a few – 19 games. So he's hitting the cover off the ball for the year. Hitting 289. I just had the, the 10 home runs. It's somehow – Continues to me in my thought process. It feels like it's getting left out, maybe in all of baseball here. But Glaber Torres is a bonafide superstar. 
at second base or shortstop for the Yankees. He's 22 years old. He's played in 166 career games, and he's got 32 home runs and about 100 RBIs. This guy, if he plays a full season, is projecting to be 22 years old, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, playing in a middle infield position. Absolutely, you know, off limits. You know, there was some rumors about, you know, what the, what the Mets would have wanted for a, uh, a Syndergaard or the Grom trade, and it was a no-go for Glaber Torres. Of course it was, and because this is why. This guy's going to be a 10-time All-Star by the time he's 32 years old. You know, he got the All-Star last year, guaranteed to be an All-Star again this year. This guy stays healthy, and even when he moves to second base, his defense gets a little better, but he handles himself great at shortstop, and I feel like it kind of gets lost in the bigger names of, you know, Judge missing time, Stanton missing time, you know, even with Didi out there and, you know, all the the injuries the Yankees have had this year, it's getting left unknown that Glaber Torres is should be talked about across baseball as, you know, the future of baseball. Even last year when he got hurt and kind of fell out of the, the rookie of the year race, it was more of, a, you know, Otani versus Andujar here with Andujar finishing a distant third. I mean, with Torres finishing a distant third here. But this guy is the future of, let alone the Yankees, the future of baseball here at, at 22 years old. And it's really fun to watch him play. Steve, on an earlier episode this year, I made the prediction that at the end of this season – that Glaber Torres was going to be a top 10 player in all of baseball. And he is well on his way to that this year. He was an all-star last year. He's going to be selected in all likelihood to his second straight all-star game in his second straight season. And he's using all fields to hit, you know, 10 home runs, double digit home runs before Memorial day. And, this kid is just getting it done, and he slides right over to shortstop when Gregorius gets hurt. To put the great play this week, this weekend at short. Oh yeah, great instincts at short. That throw to third was absolutely nasty. He's sitting at two ninety eight right now with an eight seven one OPS. You know, hitting down in that six hole tonight, he is really giving the Yankees something towards the lower middle end of that order. And like I said, I still believe he's going to be a top 10 player in all of baseball when all is said and done. He just gets his hands through the zone so quick. He has that power out to center field, which you just admire so much in a young hitter. And like I said, the defense, that play throwing a third to get the runner uh, on Sunday was just a thing of beauty going to his right. And, I'm looking forward to watching this kid for years to come in a Yankees uniform. So, just it's crazy. You hope he, you hope he stays healthy. Yeah. And you think you think back to that 2017 season. If he came up with did, the Yankees, if he didn't season, get Tommy John, if he get, right then. Yeah, if yeah, he, yeah. He didn't get the Tommy John when he was coming home and fell on his wrist and landed yep. weird. I don't think the outcome of the Yankee season would have been different because I think the moment Astro the Astros acquired Verlander that that was the moment they won the World Series but you do think what if he didn't get Tommy John he likely would have been up that year and which would have 100% which would have just added more to his resume and he had a couple injuries last year as well so if he can stay healthy this year you know play a full season this guy's going to be getting MVP votes at the end of the year it's crazy you brought up the, the 2017 season there too, because you're right. Like he was already he was hitting the cover off the ball in the minors, and people were thinking that he should 
you know, be up with, with the Yankees here. And you wonder if that if he does come up, maybe the Yankees don't make a move for Todd Frazier here and they bring him up to play third base because he was taking uh, playing games at third base there. Even heading into last year, when he before he came up, they were thinking he could be a third baseman in the future. So it, there is a lot of, of what-ifs there about Glabar here. So we'll, who knows what would have happened there, but all we know now in the future is that this guy is a stud and I am extremely excited that he's going to be in pinstripes for a long, long time. Um, we've already mentioned the, the bad of, um, of Monday's game and versus the Orioles and, it, and it's Jay app He has a over eight ERA versus the Orioles this season, which is just ridiculously uncalled for. He's played, he played them four times already this year, which is too much for a May 20th for a pitcher to be facing the same team four times. But it is there. There's no excuses for having an over eight ERA versus a team like the Orioles. Yeah, there absolutely isn't. And you read the lines. Uh, he doesn't have one quality start in four starts against the Baltimore Orioles. Sam, you could have a quality start versus the Orioles if you pitched. And I top out at seventy-four <laughs> miles an hour. And that's going back five years. But, but half tonight. And my God, Trey Mancini owns this guy. He's like six for eight off him again. Uh, he's six for eight against half this year. He's got three home runs. He's got a double. I mean, he just absolutely rakes against half. Like I said, it's like with Torres and Sanchez due to this Oriole pitching. Three and two thirds, nine base hits tonight, six runs, all of them earned, two home runs tonight. His ERA now sits at 5-1-6 on the season. And just he, he doesn't have one quality start in four starts against the Orioles. And, and, and I just can't fathom that. He was a quality start machine when he came over to the Yankees last year. And, and for, for him to not have one quality start against the Orioles is just mind-boggling. He's, he hasn't even gotten through six innings against the Orioles, let alone had a quality start. It is first start, four innings, four earned runs against the Orioles. His next start of the season came against the Orioles. Only got through four and a third, two earned runs. A couple weeks later, just last week, only five and a third, three earned runs. That's his best start against the Baltimore Orioles. And you can say a team's been seeing seeing you a lot, maybe at rust in the first start of the season. But, my God, this is a guy who's going to need to turn it around. And don't get me wrong, he's had some good starts against other teams. You go from a stretch of five starts, ranging from the Red Sox one all the way to the Mariners one. He only gave up foreign runs in one of those five starts, which is pretty good. I mean, I'm not asking Jay Happ to be an ace. I'm asking him right. to be a solid four, bona fide three, especially with Severino out. But he's going to need to turn it around. That is 13 home runs to Steve in 10 starts overall. That that's, that's on pace for about 50 home runs a season. That's You can't have you can't have 50 home runs. That's like what? That's 46 over the course of like a, you know, whatever, 30 starts. Like that, You can't have that. That's that is that is ridiculous, um, and I was hoping for something good tonight too because he's had really weird home and away splits. Uh, so he's been much better away from Yankee Stadium he, going into today. I think he had like a, a under two ERA 
um, on the road and almost a six ERA at home. So I was kind of just interesting to see if those those stats continued tonight. And it just lays the, the dud here, um, which brings it to, up to like we last week we talked a lot about Dallas Keuchel here and the kind of the, re- the reason that we kind of thought that the Yankees should sign him is you know we don't know what's the what's really the case with Severino. Paxton always seems to get hurt and is still hurt even though he looks like he could be starting this week. CC always needs an extra rest here, but. Maybe the case for Dallas Keuchel is that the Yankees just admit that Hap um, isn't good, and they 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 sign Keuchel here for the one year, and then you try again with Hap next year. Um, but maybe that's the case here. We you know we always talk. A lot of people talking about well, when the Yankees are fully healthy, who comes out of the rotation? You know, do, can the Yankees really risk taking Herman out the rotation? No, they can't. You know, is it CC that someone who's never left the rotation in his career goes to the bullpen here when the Yankees are fully healthy? Well, like. Maybe it's Hap, and maybe it's, you know, Hap goes to the rotation and we figure something out here. But you can never have too much starting pitching. So when you were looking at possibly adding Dallas Keuchel in a few weeks uh, after the draft, maybe it's not an injury thing. Maybe it's a Hap really sucks thing, and we need to just find another lefty for the for the rotation. Yeah, and I mentioned to one of my buddies tonight over text that I don't think the Yankees would consider doing this, but his ERA – in the first and second innings this year has to be just in Finley. He's always getting roughed up in the early part of games. I propose the strategy if the Yankees could have an opener start the game for half and then have him come in in the second or third inning. But I don't think the Yankees would go that route. And we are officially on Keuchel watch right now because in about – I don't know, 17 or in about three weeks, teams will not have to give up draft compensation for Dallas Keuchel anymore, which would be very, very huge. And there's not, it's not just going to be the Yankees in on him at that oh, time. It's going every to be, team should be. It's going to be a lot of other teams. And not just with Hap. I'm not convinced we're going to see Luis Severino this year. James Paxton knee. It's worrying me a little bit. He felt discomfort throwing a bullpen this weekend, which, again, it's very, very alarming for a pitcher who's had injuries in the past. So, and Tanaka taking the foul ball, or excuse me, taking the line drive off of his Right, I, I forgot about that. With a shin contusion. He's pretty hope, great. They're ho- yeah, they're hopeful he'll make his next start. But, yeah, like you said, Steve, he was cruising six scoreless, 88 pitches. But... Again, the, the injuries are popping up to the pitchers, and I haven't even mentioned CeCe Sabathia, who is eventually due for his knee clean-out pretty soon. Uh, of how the Yankees do that, twice per year. They put him on the 10-day IL now. And then you go to Domingo Herman, and... Uh, Guy's never thrown more than 85 innings in a year. It, <laughs> yes. So there's concerns in the rotation, one through five right now, and... The Yankees should absolutely be in on Keuchel. And if they want to sign him before the draft and give him a one-year deal for 18 or $20 million, knock yourself out. It's not my money. Dallas Keuchel isn't his 2015 AL Cy Young Award-winning self, but he is really, really damn good and would help this Yankees team a lot. And with, with half struggles, too, go out and sign him. Get him on the Yankees, I am 100% on board with this. Because like I said, Steve, I just outlined concerns one Everyone. through five, or one through six with Severino now with 
Herman being in his spot, one through six in the top six Yankees starting pitchers in the organization all have concerns right now. That's a good point. And that, you know, there's never too much pitching. Um, so we'll, be, we'll definitely Keiko watches starting soon here. It'll be interesting to see if like reports start to leak before the draft or if it's right as the draft. So um, I don't know when that, that time frame is, but it should be you know by the first week of June. We should see him uh, on an MLB roster um, and hopefully pitching soon because it is uh, – it will be interesting to see how that how that all runs around. Um, but we got to talk about the ace. We got to again eight and one for Domingo Herman, just doing his thing and continuing to to be to be an ace. And you know this is someone that you know we were these are numbers we were hoping for like Luis Severino. Uh, yes, Network loves putting up the comparison of Severino last year through this year. Um, so I'll read them off. Severino was six and one with a two point one four ERA and. Um, Opposing batting average of 185 and opposing on base percentage of two, uh, 238. Amazing for Luis Severino. Um, Domingo Roman doing literally better. Eight and one, 2.50 ERA, opposing batting average lower of uh, 1.79 and opposing on base percentage of 2.41. And that includes his versatility where he came in in relief for CC Sabathia. In, in one start. So he's going to be on the mound Tuesday going for his ninth win um, with, with, you know, the Tyler with glass now for Tampa kind of uh, uh, out for six to eight weeks here. We're looking at the all-star game starter and he continues to do it every week. And each week we kind of start continue to joke of like, when is it, when's the blow up going to happen? When's the blow up going to happen? Well, he destroyed the Orioles last week and uh, th- there is no sign that he won't destroy them again uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be Herman against Hess on Tuesday, and that obviously went in the Yankees' favor last Wednesday. And like I said, I'll be honest, I'm one of those people saying, "What? when is the implosion? Every game, but... But his stuff is so good, and I we even both mentioned this last year. If he got the control down, that he was going to be a very, very solid quality starting pitcher and that control is down that breaking pitch that he has that moves inside and out to a left-handed hitter is absolutely filthy he runs the two-seamer as well he's controlling the fastball and it's crazy that the the stretch that Severino had that Herman is kind of you know one-upping him I'm not saying Herman's going to be better than Severino but it's been absolutely fascinating and a project that came from the Marlins all the way back in 2014. And it's a funny theme with the Marlins this year. They sent Herman to the Yankees. They sent Chris Paddock to the San Francisco, yeah, uh, excuse me, the San Diego Padres. Who's fun to, the, to watch. Yeah, to the San Diego Padres for Fernando Rodney a couple of years <laughs> back. And both of these guys are nasty and – the Marlins really have nothing down there. So, Herman, I'm really excited to see what he does the rest of the year. And forget excited to see what he does. The Yankees legitimately are relying on him right now because of the oh, issue. They have been with all starting with the starting pitchers and the rest of the staff. He is he has a lot of weight on his shoulders, and especially with Hap stinking. I mean, he knows that. He knows that he has weight on his shoulders. I mean, anybody in the road, anybody in any major league baseball rotation has weight on the shoulders and him being a young kid, he does. But with Severino hurt, Paxton hurt. And 
A guy he signed for $17 million a year stinking up the joint so far this year. He has even more added pressure, and he has lived up to that every step of the way. He has, and, and we said it with the, the control and then also the, the, the length into games here. It was last six starts, he's gotten six innings, six and two-thirds, six innings, six and two-thirds, uh, you know, we, what we'd call a rough outing for him this year, you know, five innings. And then last, last week, he would go seven innings. So now he's going deeper into games. He's being trusted more by Boone to get out of jams. You know, he had a nice bases-loaded jam later in the game uh, last week, and he's really just he's taking it all in. I mean, baseball is a huge thing about confidence. We, we talk about it a lot with Clint Frazier, and the confidence for Domingo Herman is through the roof here, and it's just only hopefully going going to continue um, as the Yankees, you know, desperately need him to, to figure that out. Um, and then I want to talk about the little Tanaka, the, the wasted day um, by Hammy. That really sucks that he got he got hit on the leg there, but Tanaka always shows up for for the big games here, and if there's a big game versus them, they, they happen to lose it 2-1 to one in extra innings here, but this guy, just his his dedication and his, his focus – when there's a, a big game on the line, even though, you know, for, for May, this was a pretty big game for him. It, it's just something that, that I'd love to watch. And um, and moving forward, you know, when he, when he plays games versus the Red Sox, you know he's going to show up. When playoff time does does come around here, there's a reason that Tanaka, you know, has, is going to be the one or two starter, no matter who's healthy at this point. Um, you know, he's, he loves pitching on opening day before it became Severino's kind of gig for the past year. Um, so it's just big game, big game Tanaka. You know, speaking of uh, the Rays here, you know, they had a big game Jaden Shield, though he showed up versus the Yankees here. It's a uh, big game Tanaka is a real thing. It really is. And the splitter was giving him some issues so far earlier this year. Hitters were do- hitting one, uh, excuse me, over 400 off that. But he really straightened it out on Saturday against the Rays before he left with that confusion. And big game Tanaka is absolutely a huge thing. And Steve, you know what? I'm going to go as far to say Tanaka is one of the best free agent pitching contracts in all of baseball since he came in in 2014. Nice. It, the facts absolutely back it up, too. You know, around a 3-5 ERA for his career. And what really got on the big game Tanaka for me was two games in the 2017 playoff run. It was first game three against the Cleveland Indians. The Yankees were coming back, of course, down the Yankee Stadium, down 0-2. The Joe Girardi playoff blunder, or excuse me, the replay blunder, not reviewing the Lindor foul ball. And Tanaka comes in seven scoreless innings in game three. And I was right. Tanaka with a 3-5-6 ERA uh, for his career. And then you go to game five against Houston. Joe Girardi purposely rearranged the rotation. So Tanaka would not only start game one, but he'd get that game five in the Bronx had the series been tied 2-2. Now, I know the series didn't end the way it Yankees fans would hope, but he threw an absolute gem, another seven-inning scoreless performance in that game. The guy is as tough as nails. He battles, and when the pressure's on, he really dials it up, and that's why he's one of the best Yankees in the last five-plus years. This guy has been worth every penny that Brian Cashman paid for him. 
It has been. I mean, the last two starts versus Tampa, you know, first place on the line still early in the season in May, but versus Tampa, even though they're one and one, you can't really blame him for that loss here, but he's got 13 innings pitched and one earned run. So he really does come up big in the games. And you mentioned him with the contracts here. How big was it that he didn't opt out of that contract a couple of years ago? He had that extra, you know, that three years here that he could have opted out of and gone to free agency. And, and he chose not to. And it would have been an interesting call for the Yankees if another team kind of came up and gave him a huge offer. You know, we could, you know, we could be looking at Tanaka's career as, as very, very short lived here and almost a little disappointing. Um, and it, it all, it all, all it goes back to him. You know, we thought that we needed Tommy John after he looked like he was going to win the Cy Young as a rookie. So it, Tanaka has been great. He's an absolute great competitor. Still only 30 years, um, 30 years, 30 years old for him. Uh, a lot of wear and tear on that arm. He could always fall apart. But I know the Yankees are going to be uh, counting on him for, for the rest of the season and the rest of that contract, which look, is looking like a, a team-friendly contract thanks to him opting in. I think it's looking like a bargain. Yeah. I'm going to go as far to say that because he has been, like I said, he's been worth every penny. He had a bad two and a half months of baseball in the beginning of the 2017 season. But outside of that, he has been nails in the Yankees' rotation, a top-of-the-rotation starter. Nonetheless, in the American League East, which is highly regarded as one of the most, is one of the hardest divisions to pitch in, uh, the Orioles, too, were not a laughing stock for the first four years of Tanaka's career. So they always had good offenses. You had the Red Sox, you had the Blue Jays, who that was their years with Donaldson, Encarnacion, Batista, and then you had the Red Sox, who, despite not being great in those years, they always had that offense and pitching up there, a couple of American League East titles. But my goodness, Tanaka, the Yankees are going to need him down the stretch. And thank God that shin contusion, it was nothing serious, at least for now. Yeah, fingers crossed that he makes his next start. If, if the Yankees lost Tanaka for an extended period of time with Paxton and Severino out, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure they could withstand it. I know they've been making stuff work, but my goodness, Tanaka, he is one of my favorite Yankees ever. I like him. We'll, we'll look forward to hopefully seeing uh, Tanaka time out there uh, this week and not miss a game here. Um, we talked about the home run tracker. Let's uh, let's give you a little update on that, so be sure to check out the hashtag NYY uh, home run tracker. Um, they've, gotten, they've reached the 70 home run mark. Um, so they, they've increased their pace a little bit. When we recorded last week, they were only on pace for 230 home runs, which I think we would call a little bit disappointing trying to get that record of 267. They're now up to 246, um, and we have three more games left in Baltimore this week. I think by the time we record next week here, we could be looking at 80-plus uh, home runs for this team. Um, Gary Sanchez still mashing the ball with 13 home runs and the longest home run of 467 uh, feet. So there's a couple of home runs that could be looked at here. Um, kind of the ones that I picked out with it. I mean, obviously the huge one tonight by Gary Sanchez to help win the game here. Um, Aaron Hicks getting his first home run, I thought it was pretty big. And then another one that, I, that stood out to me was the the Luke Voigt home run in the to the bottom of the ninth inning before Gio Urshela became the hero. He took that that first pitch of the ninth for a home run to kind of set the tone for that comeback. So a couple different options uh, for home run of the week, I think, here. What were you kind of looking at? Gary Sanchez, obviously, tonight, uh, that was a huge one. Luke Voigt got it started in the ninth on Friday night. 
Uh, and then last week against the Orioles, uh, there were a couple as well. But so many Glabar versus the Orioles we could pick two. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Uh, but so my home run of the week is Gary Sanchez. Got The Yankees got second life on Monday night with that Luke Voigt botch pop-up by the, the, the Orioles used so many catchers. Who was behind the plate again? The, or- the Orioles. Uh, t- oh, tonight? Um, uh, Severino, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Severino yeah, yeah. Behind, was behind the plate. He botched that pop-up. And, and oh, hilariously. But that, was, that was like an ultimate, oh, fuck, I don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah, and I could see he didn't know where it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. And then Voigt got walked, and then Sanchez with a three-run absolute laser. I thought it was going foul. I thought that was It's very tough to keep that thing fair. That was a line drive. To keep that fair was impressive. Yeah, and then as it kept going on, you were like, holy cow, this is going to be fair by like 10, 12 feet. And it absolutely was. So that's my home run of the week. Uh, Steve, before we go, uh, the Yankees also made a move this week acquiring Kendrick's Morales. Yeah, I was just going to bring him up and saying, you know, I want to give a shout out for, for uh, well, Kendrick Morales hit his first home run. Um, uh, for the Yankees, Cameron Mabern hit his first home run of the year for the Yankees, and obviously Aaron Hicks. Um, and Sam, you wrote about Morales uh, earlier this week on, on GothamSN.com. Another just might as well free pick him up, see what we got moved by Brian Cashman here. Brings another kind of switch hitting guy with a, a long pedigree uh, in, in baseball here. So an interesting pickup. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I put a few interesting stats in my article that you can find on GothamSN.com. Again, these are from a week ago, but the, the Yankees and their analytics clearly saw something in Morales that, that maybe he was kind of a bad luck candidate this year. I mean, he came in in the 87th percentile in exit velocity, 86% in the barrel percentage statistics. And I think this is going to be a good pickup for the Yankees. Coming into tonight, he was 3 for 10 with a home run and 10 RBIs on the season. Went over tonight, but I really, really liked this pickup. And with Stanton still out, and even when he comes back, Judge is still going to miss another month or two, I believe. Morales is going to be seeing a lot of time at DH. And if Clint Frazier keeps struggling and Gardner keeps hitting, and if, if Morales writes the ship at DH, we could be seeing him four or five times a week. So, yeah. switch hitter. Costed nothing, and I like the move. If he sucks, the Yankees can release him for nothing. Well, that's that's the good move there. Is that like that? That's what the A's were gonna do. Like the A's only acquired him, I think, from the Blue Jays because they had an injury at first base to to their guy um, Olson over there. Olson came back, and they're like, "Oh, well, we'll just you know release Kendrick Morales here." And the Yankees are like, "Well, all right, we'll just take him like that." So I mean, in the end, even if he gets released when everybody gets healthy in a few weeks, he, like it doesn't matter. This was just, hey, we need him for a couple weeks. We know he can hit. You know, the Yankees. You know, he, in his prime, he was he was when it was the Yankees versus the Angels a lot of the times in the playoffs, and he, he definitely hits the, the 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 dingers there. You think he hits like seventy percent of his home runs come from the left side. Let's have him play versus righties at Yankee Stadium and try and get some hits. And the, the home run he hit was a 417-foot no-doubter into the top deck at Yankee Stadium. So if you make a mistake versus him, he's going to come through and, uh, and and collect the hits for the Yankees. So uh, another piece that, um, you know, if you look back on the season, uh, you know, in a few months here, there'll be a, r- a lot of random names that the Yankees found pretty much for free. 
with you know Morales and, and you know something like Cameron Maven who's uh, who had a big hit tonight too. So it, it's uh, that's the things you need. You need all these players. You need the veterans that come in and and just play the game the right way. And and uh, it, it's it's tough to. It's kind of tough to look at other teams struggling in baseball and realize that these guys are available for a couple grand or whatever, $100,000 in cash considerations um, when you see a lot of teams have similar needs that the Yankees have and the Yankees just continue to pick up guys and, the, and they produce. Yeah, and like you said, we're, we're at the end of the season, hopefully in with a World Series victory in early November, we're going to see a, the Yankees have to give quite a bit of World Series rings out <laughs> to maybe to maybe you know thirty nine or forty players I don't know but yeah there's going to be a lot of random names at, at the end of the season and holy cow they carried the Yankees through the first seven eight weeks of the season right here and I'm looking forward with what's to come and with Morales I think he could be something pretty big but if he sucks the Yankees can just let him go but. If he's something, if he's productive, that's a switch hitter coming off the bench. Yeah, that really with, creates a lot of problems for an opposing manager with with a ton of experience too. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how much time he gets. Looking ahead here, three more games versus the Orioles, and then three versus uh, Kansas City before they get some interleague play versus San Diego here. So there's another nine slate of games here that the first place Yankees should continue to take advantage of. And continue to ideally build a build a lead in this first place here, because once you get first place, it's nice. You got to continue to try and uh, you know extend those margins here. The, the, the Red Sox are playing well and not too far back, and and Tampa is Tampa's Tampa. So, got to take advantage of the soft schedule. Um, we've been saying it all year. The Yankees have we you know weren't expecting these injuries, but the Yankees have taken advantage of it here. The Orioles look like they suck. I want a sweep versus the Orioles and then two of three versus Kansas City. So we should hopefully have another five wins uh, by the net by. Uh, by the weekend. Yeah, another five, five and one. I'm thinking by the weekend of these next six games, maybe six and oh. I mean, even though they're bad, it's tough to win them all. But a lot, a soft spot in the Yankees schedule. And the, the only thing I'm not looking forward to, we'll record next week, but many, you mentioned the Padres coming to Yankee Stadium. I was looking ahead at the schedule, too. I'm just not looking forward to seeing Manny Machado hit yeah. Yankee Stadium again. Not that the Yankees didn't make an effort, a real effort to sign him, but, I mean, I've just seen him do too much damage in that stadium. It's going to be funny because you know he's going to get a, a huge, uh, you know, Bronx cheer boo from the, from the crowd here, but you can't really blame him for anything. It seemed like the whole time he would have loved to have been a Yankee, but the Yankees didn't really have any interest. So definitely someone to keep... Uh, to keep an eye on from that Memorial Day Monday series. Um, and then I'm looking at the, always at Friday. Friday would be a opener day based on the past few weeks here. And Paxton had that bullpen that even though he did, didn't feel hundred percent, um, I'm looking forward to, to, to Paxton returning on Friday. It's not announced or anything like that, but that's the spot he would come back on. So uh, let's see if Paxton can come back on Friday versus the Royals. Yeah, he felt discomfort in his bullpen session this weekend, so we'll see. I, I'm not expecting it, but I would love if he could come back, especially against the Royals, kind of get to ease him in. But don't bring him back until he's 100%. But I miss him in the rotation. Absolutely. And that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of podcasting in Pinstripes. It's Memorial Day weekend. Go out, have a few BL smoothies out there. Be safe um, and enjoy probably a... 
another terrible look that the MLB has with some some terrible Yankee hats they have. They had the Armed Forces hats this weekend, and then they'll probably have something similar again on Memorial Day. But plenty of baseball and good weather on Memorial Day, so get out there and uh, and have some fun. The Yankees will always be there, too. Um, we heading down to the beach together this weekend, Sam? <laughs> we are. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the plan. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week, and have a good one. See you later, Sam. Toodles.